electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. A little weakness to start this Tuesday as the S&P looks to open below last week's lows. Earnings are solid. Headlines are bullish on the reopening and vaccines. Uh, but the 10-year yield is back below 1.6 today. Our roadmap begins with Pfizer raising guidance and will file for full FDA approval of its COVID vaccine this month. Plus U.S. chips, Intel moving ahead with a multi-billion dollar factory plan in New Mexico. Taiwan Semi also reporting big spending stateside. And it is a multi-billion dollar breakup, Bill and Melinda Gates splitting up after 27 years. Just what will that mean for their enormous foundation? And a lot of other questions. Carl. Yeah. Guys, uh, interesting morning setting up here, Jim. Uh, I was keeping a list of the number of companies that have raised guidance today. Pfizer, Under Armour, Cummins, DuPont, CVS. Uh, but it does sound like you think this inflation story is giving uh, spooking some, at least. I think so. There are two stories that I think are really bothering people. One is that maybe there's so much capex in the semiconductor industry that prices will soon roll over. I know that that is something that most people are not thinking about. But people who are really uh, focused on semis are saying, listen. When you see Taiwan Semi spending this much, when you see Intel, Pat Gelsinger, somehow in a couple weeks' time has become the deacon. I'm sure that some of the people who are in that industry are not happy about that. But he's making it sound like there's going to be, a, you know, let us set thousand foundries bloom. And that would be very bad for the semis. Let's not forget that they're historically are their own worst enemy when they start overbuilding. I don't think they are, but this is the theme. And the second theme is that you just go listen to DuPont, to Ed Breen. He's so fabulous. Uh, it, it, it's a great quarter, but there are, if you read the release, you'll see inflation shortages, inflation shortages. David, when we hear inflation and shortages, we're not waiting for the Fed. We're just selling. I think it's premature. You do? I, mean, I do. Chips, shortages. Uh, but it's not good, Ed. No, it's not a good narrative. Shortages, commodities. Up, 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 well, no matter what you look at. Steels and the pipelines are the strongest groups. Do you want to be led by the pipelines? I don't know. I just continue to wonder. I mean, the yield today is actually falling a little bit on the 10-year. Right. We're right around 1.6, yeah. I guess. You're not concerned about inflation. Uh, I think that inflation can, can take care of itself. We need... Uh, what what th- does that mean? Well, because a lot of our uh, the inflation that you see at a Clorox say is from the super storm URI. So where, it's for the underlying plastic that all their yeah, products turns are out going that we in, or what? Build all our plastic. Which we places. had, and of course, we talked to Dow last week. And- yeah, and I think that if you look at the Gulf, we that is our plastic belt. Our chemical. Uh, yeah. Nobody really went down. You know, we should have done many stories about it. Everybody should have. Uh, Carl, the the fulcrum of inflation. I know everyone wants to say it's lumber, but that really is tariffs. I know a lot of people that want to say that you're seeing uh, inflation through steel, and that's true. Steel's doing very well. But principal inflation is plastic. And those plants, were they did not batten down the hatches before that storm came. So even though they claim that there's 30% yep. of, the, of their capacities cut, those plants are shut. And then, of course, semiconductors, because not because 
of it's because of just in time for us versus just in case for the Chinese. They have the chips. The Chinese have the chips. There's no shortage in China. Yes. Just here. Yeah. Jim, you know, B of A did some work on this uh, yesterday, uh, looking at the number of mentions of the word inflation in corporate earnings calls. It's up 800 percent year on year, and it typically leads CPI by about a quarter, B of A says. But uh, net margins are at a record. And even Cummins today talks about uh, higher input prices, but uh, they raised their guidance on EBITDA margins. Ed Breen, too. I mean, he raised his numbers more than you would get from the first quarter. And most importantly, DuPont is saying, look, we're going to be able to cover all of the costs and more. But, David, when you hear that, you start saying to yourself, wait a second, who's paying? Who's paying for Tyvek uh, price going up? Who's paying for the semiconductors that they have going up? Who's paying? Is it you? Is it me? Yes. Right. Yes. It's us. I think it is. It is. So I come back to the question, why are you not concerned about inflation? Because inflation can <laughs> be overridden by more manufacturing, by plants. People can so crack. It's, sh- it's going to be a short-term phenomenon. There you, you go. Are, you are praying in the uh, chapel of Jerome Powell. I like that. I am in the church of what's happening now, as the late yes, Mark Yes, I remember say. that right very now, well. That's kind of what I was playing. I am in there. the pew. I'm listening to Chairman Powell, who, by the way, can I just say a little notice, has said, look, we got to redo community reinvestment. Minorities are not getting any money. I mean, it gets buried in some little story. This guy is a revolutionary. I mean, he's not Che Guevara. Okay, yeah. He's not Che. He's not Che. He's not Castro no. either. No, no, he's not Castro. Okay. Uh, he's not Lenin. Okay. But he's a little bit leaning toward that side than he is toward what we used to have. He's leaning towards being a Marxist, is what you're saying. I am saying that he's trying to make our society more equal. <laughs> From the, okay. Um, more, you know, David, there's such a thing as equality. And just because you want it does not make you a Marxist. No, you're absolutely right. And it is underlying a lot, Carl, of the policies that we see from the administration and from the comments that we hear from the Fed chairman in terms of trying to right that balance that has been so off balance and yes. continues to be, of course. And we talk about it all the time for years here Yeah. Um, in, in terms of, uh, uh, yeah, in terms of income inequality, especially. Yeah, I mean, the outlook is brightening, as he said yesterday, but there are these longstanding disparities. I see Atlanta Fed guys is looking for a Q2 GDP of 13, 13 to uh, oh. uh, GDP uh, in Q2, which is which would be high. Jim, your, your point about inflation, um, you know, uh, Ford had a comment about it and they said it feels like it's all due to a lot of one timers. As the economy comes out of lockdown, we're going to get some auto sales numbers, but certainly, I mean, Look at uh, Ferrari today. Uh, race is down pre-market and a lot uh, yes. surrounding the concerns that you're talking about today. Look, there's no doubt about it that there's inflation. No one's denying it. I mean, I had Nucor on. Look at that stock. I mean, look at, at Cleveland Cliffs. They renamed, They went back to the old name. I mean, these guys are raising prices, raising prices, and they have the lowest costs in the world. We have the lowest iron in the world. We have the lowest coking. We have the lowest scrap. So those guys are just coining money. If you want a group where the margins are expanding radically and not just because uh, they're able to pass on price increases, but because the costs are going down, then it's just the steals. But I don't want to say, Carl, that you have to ban this market. I, I look at what happened last week with the drugs. They collapse. David, the drug stocks collapsed. Yeah. And then suddenly there's buyers everywhere. 
Well, but you were talking at the end of Squawk Box about uh, Pfizer's performance this morning after reporting earnings and well, not being what you thought it might be. The stock will go down. You have to buy it. I mean, the amount of money that Pfizer's making. Remember, Pfizer does have a patent cliff. A lot of yes. people feel that Pfizer is not going to be able to bridge it. Right. But I looked at those numbers today. Uh, Frank D'Amelio, the, uh, Frank D'Amelio, he's a fantastic. Longtime uh, CFO there. Longtime. Yeah. Oh, that always sounds so good. Yeah. Um, is able to craft a story of just endless buybacks. Mm-hmm. Endless buybacks. And they did come in above, uh, obviously, what, uh, uh, what above? was estimated. Well above. Well, thank well you. above. And well, well as you above. just saw, 12 to 15-year-olds may soon be able to uh, get vaccinated. Will they? The Pfizer vaccine. Will they? There's a cohort that might not want to. How about the way Danny Meyer did I, I not say you my, must? I would want my, uh, my younger one to get, yeah, why There's not? a lot of people who are very proud of not getting vaccinated when you move out of the New York City area. Is that true? Pride. There's so many different things. You've got people who are proud of that. Meanwhile, in New York, 80% of the people I count on the street are still wearing a mask outside, which I also find somewhat Can I say? Somewhat people are, strange. There's some people who are worried. I think they must like wearing masks. Maybe they, people enjoy wearing masks. Maybe that's it. As the CDC know. said, of course, you don't have to. Uh, if you've been vaccinated. And as we all know, there's no evidence whatsoever that you can transmit the virus by walking past somebody on the street for that millisecond. That no, it's all them. inside. And, and, it's uh, the- and yet, you know, you walk around. I was in L.A. too. Everybody there wearing a mask also. So you got people who don't want to be vaccinated and you got people who don't seem to want to get back to any sort of sense of normalcy. Correct. Maybe? But Danny Meyer did not say, listen, if you work at our restaurants, you must be vaccinated. And yet I would presume that the patrons believe you know, Carl, I, I, I think patrons believe that, that your server's vaccinated or had COVID and therefore didn't need to be vaccinated. That's another. Well, your server's always wearing a mask regardless. Obviously, right. you're inside as they should be. Right. Um, very different. But, Jim, I, you know, New York is fully reopening pretty soon. Fully. Or at least the uh, capacity constraints are going off. 70, but then going all the way up. Then we get back to this, uh, Carl, this subject we've talked a great deal about is when are people going to return to the office in a real way? You know, Goldman Sachs may want them back by June. I think a lot of them, though, all right, you, you come back by June. And then if you're not back by September, we're going to have an issue. But uh, there you see it. I mean, office space leasing is falling. Uh, we continue to question just how much space will really be taken. New space, as a, even what it will be, and obviously what will be occupied by, by, uh, by companies that are already paying for enormous amounts of space for which their employees are not showing up at this point. Right. I, I do think, Carl, that the big issue yeah. here uh, is, David Solomon has to do what he has to do right now. Lay down the law before uh, in the next three weeks, there's an exodus to the Hamptons. I you, think they're doing that. Yeah. I think he's laying are. down he, the CEO law. CEO Goldman Sachs. And I think, by the way, that's not just him. It's going to be uh, it's Jamie others Diamond. as well. Jamie Diamond. It's, it's any number of those who run these large organizations and financial services do want people coming back. Mm. But you have to say June with the expectation that you get to September if people haven't still aren't coming back. Then you have a much more serious conversation. The moment they come back, this, uh, Carl, the moment they come back, the restaurants spring up, uh, the retailers spring up. They got to come back. Well, that's that's why Danny was so excited to see that headline about Goldman this morning. You know, Jamie Dimon is talking to the uh, journal this morning at the CEO Council, and he says that he sees limits to remote work, guys. Uh, Doesn't work great for young people, he says. Uh, People like to hustle. Uh, brainstorming suffers, company culture suffers, echoes of what he's already talked about. But it's clear these, at least the large banks in, in Manhattan, David, I, I just don't see them turning tail at this point. No, I think you're right. I, I don't think they will. And I think they want, they want their people. And again, it does come back to, you know, you want to bring in a new class of younger people. 
law firms, we don't talk a lot about law firms. No, we don't. That's a more interesting subject. There are a lot, most of the partners at these law firms, no, they, they never want to come back. No, and that's a now, Zoom operation. Yeah. Now, you've got, still, you've got an associate class. You need, you need to create culture there, but they occupy an awful lot of space in New York. We rarely ever talk about them. I don't know when we'll actually see all them come it, back. It's much easier to do. I mean, those people yeah. do not have to have contact. No. Send me yes. your brief. Yep. Send me so your brief. So that's different. But it does, Carl, get back to this idea of creating culture, and particularly for younger people who you would argue would want to be in the office and need to learn, need to get a sense for how the place actually works, even if they've been Zooming with people for a year who they yeah. never even met in person. I mean, Carl, when you go to Silicon Valley, I mean, there is no Silicon Valley. I mean, these people are all WFH, and they love to call it WFH, but they never... Is it so? WFH <laughs> is just as easy to say as work from home, right? It's all yes. I mean, syllable-wise? yes. Right? Correct. Correct. Well, um, Bloomberg and our, our Bob Pisani is writing this morning about the stock exchange uh, broadening the uh, the availability of traders to come in if they're vaccinated. So maybe the three of us will be talking about this on a more personal level soon. We do want to mention um, this news that stunned the world of business and philanthropy. Of course, that is that uh, Bill and Melinda Gates announced they have decided to divorce after 27 years of marriage. They did issue a joint statement. Uh, they said both will continue to collaborate on the foundation they built, which has a $50 billion endowment gives away five billion a year. Uh, they have three raised three children, added, quote, we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. Jim, we're going to talk to Robert Frank uh, later on this morning about some of the implications for philanthropy and for business. Um, Cascade holds, holds positions in a number of public companies. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Bill Gates continues to own a, a slight percentage of Microsoft. Yeah, uh, tough issue to talk about. Um, private lives, but private I know lives. they have uh, yep. their public aspects. There, and by the way, I mean this is a, this is the equivalent of a large corporate uh, divestiture. <laughs> when you so. think about a separation of assets uh, of this size, this is not insignificant. So a lot of people involved. The only thing I would add, uh, because of that, you might imagine that there are people in the corporate world who have been working on this. This is not something that just happened. This has been, from what I understand, quite some time in the making. Uh, and so they are much further along in the process of actually having figured it all out than just beginning that process. Do you think that there was uh, the quarter was really remarkable and the stocks done, you know, just went down hideously? I mean, I'm not saying there's insider trading here, but you're talking I, about Microsoft. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's not, because he doesn't own that much. No, no, I don't think there's a connection there. Yeah. OK. But um, but again, I mean, you know, obviously something like this can take years, you might imagine, but they are far along. It's my understanding. Well, this is very tough Based for on people I mean, who do know. You know we got to talk about the public side because private side, what happens in people's lives happens. It's none of our business. But I do think that it's worth it to point out that this foundation seems to be at the heart of whenever you look at something, a, a problematic issue, they're in there. I mean, I hope that continues. Right. It's, they're fabulous. I mean, Carl, I've got to tell you, I think that when you look at there was was anyone more prescient about the uh, about the pandemic than Bill Gates? It's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, he was directionally correct uh, as far as where the world would wind up. Uh, so, yeah, his intelligence on that has been valuable. Um, guys, um, we're going to take a break, I think, here. Uh, we'll talk more about auto sales in a moment. We do want to point out that uh, there is some selling. I'm sorry, I missed that in the booth. What are you guys looking for? Uh, Jim, DAX is going to open or is it is down one and a half percent 
um, which I think is going to put it on pace for the worst day of the year so far. Yeah, look, I, it, the, the, this is just we're making up for the beginning of the, of the month. But I think more importantly, when you see stocks have unbel- when you see quarters that are unbelievable and the stocks don't go up, what you say to yourself is, well, what would drive up? I mean, Under Armour was yeah. exceptional. Does and any of this have to do with the Chinese flying that plane? Taiwan? I think it does, right? Well, Taiwan... That's I mean, the, the fulcrum market of definitely did. I think it was 40 bips or something. Well, it, look, look, went down when that was reported. Taiwan, but it gets to a, it gets to a, a something that is a concern. And it goes back to our chip conversation, one we're actually still going to have as well in terms of the chip shortage. But if the Chinese were to get more aggressive on Taiwan, Jim. No, look, I, I have been saying the, over and uh, over again, that is the, an Carl, issue. the number one issue in the world uh, for the United States is is Taiwan. And it's not like the United States is really making a statement. And yet at the same time, the Europeans are, are, are getting united with us in standing up to the Chinese. So I want to know we spent a lot of time. The president spent a lot of time talking about a lot of different things. But it is time to make a statement that Taiwan is not uh, is, is not for sale and the Chinese better stay away, because otherwise it just seems like this is the beginning of the end of Taiwan. As crazy as that is. They're making a move. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it's not a uh, whispered issue, Jim. Uh, Rex no. Tillerson has talked about uh, that, that very scenario being the biggest risk over the next 10 years. We'll take a break here. It's going to be a big day for auto sales. We'll check in with Phil LeBeau after a short break with futures uh, in the red. We're back in a minute. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Let's get some Ford April auto sales with Phil LeBeau. Hey, Phil. Hey, Carl. Monster April sales for Ford with sales up 64.8%. By the way, if you compared it with April of 2019, before the pandemic, it would have been up about 24%. And then the numbers within the numbers. Record transaction prices for the month of April with the average vehicle selling for $43,600. The day supply, we've talked about tight inventories, 35 days supply. And for certain models, the hot models, take a look at the Bronco Sport. If you ordered a Bronco Sport, or if you went out to look for a Bronco Sport right now, it's on the dealer lot, on average, just 13 days. That is incredibly low turnaround time for a vehicle at an auto dealership. And Jim and David and Carl, we talk about the fact that you don't want to leave sales on the table, but you can see the impact of the chip shortage. If you look at the production of the F-Series pickup truck, the most profitable and most popular vehicle out there, they made just 25,496 F-150s last month. If you compare that with March, they made 61,000. So you're looking at it being more than cut in half in terms of production. That's the impact of the chip shortage right now. And you know that if they made a lot more of those F-Series, if they were able to make another twenty or 25000 I have no doubt that most of those would have been sold given the demand that's out in the market right now. 
This is incredible, Phil, and I know there's been very, very few days that things stay on uh, the lot. But let me ask you something. I understand from one of my friends who's a dealer that wholesale auction prices are almost retail prices. Has that ever happened? Yes. 2005? Uh, in certain, if you get a certain really hot model right now, yeah, that's the case. And especially with full-size pickup trucks, if you talk with dealers, they have people coming from around the country, regardless of where their dealership is, if they have a particular model with certain uh, features, certain trim levels, they will have people fly across the country in order to buy that model. Boom, they buy it and then they drive it back home. That is happening a lot. Uh, that's insane. I mean, it really is a lot of what I think is bad about the market, frankly, Phil, because we can't sustain those prices. You can't sustain that ecosystem. I mean, that's just not doable for three, six months, is it? No, you would think that at some point we're going to see a snapback in terms of the actual sales. You know, you've had two months in a row with sales over 18 million. Is that going to hit a wall? Is it going to gradually slow down? But many believe that you've got demand far outstripping supply You've got day supply right now down to anywhere between 33 and 36 days, depending on the automaker. Carl, that is just a, a situation where it might continue in May, but at some point, the automakers are going to say, look, we're, we're selling these as quick as we're making them, and you're going to see a drop in, in overall auto sales because the production is just not going to be up to the level of where the market is in demand. Right. And that's not that's that's ignoring what's happened to used car prices, Phil, as as we well know, year on year, too. Uh, unbelievable numbers. Uh, Phil LeBeau on Ford. Yeah. Phil, uh, Phil, appreciate that very much. We'll take a break here. A lot of news Back. setting up as we get an opening bell in about eight minutes. Don't go away. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. All right, let's get to a mad dash this morning with a minute and a half to go before we get to an opening bell. Quizzical. Yes. Bernstein upgrades Boeing from sell to hold. I read it, and I want to sell Boeing a nine ways to Sunday. I mean, it is so negative. And the line that really caught me is, we see max production. Obviously, that was the troubled airplane. We see max production and deliveries getting back to pre-grounding levels by the end of 2025. That's I'm supposed to buy this? So anyway, I think he's just declaring victory, saying, listen, this is, you don't want to own it, but you don't want to sell it. And I think that what's happened is, is that Boeing is creeping up. And what's going to end up being the savior for Boeing is, I think, the opening of Europe, because they need to sell the wide bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to sell a lot of wide bodies because I think there's going to be a happy days are here again trade to Europe. And that's going to happen very soon. Because Although you were asking Calhoun a lot about China. When we had them on, I don't see any orders from China I because I think that an, the dictator Xi market for them. I know, but the dictator Xi, I think, would rather cut his nose off despite his face because they need planes. But uh, I don't see Xi acting like any leader that we've seen since Mao. Since Mao, Mao, yeah, Mao, Mao, Chairman, yes, Mao, Chairman Mao, yes. Yang Xi, correct. And I think that it's Carl. I've got to tell you, I, I look at the China situation. I just think about it every day. Because where's, where's our power? What are we projecting? 
We didn't believe that they're going to take over Hong Kong, and they did it. So it's something I worry about every yep. day. Uh, no, I probably, probably not a coincidence, uh, Jim, that the first foreign leaders to uh, visit the White House were, are going to be Japan. I think South Korea, uh, not, not far behind, trying to build some kind of a partnership as we look at that picture long term. There's the opening bell at the NYSE and the NASDAQ and some breadth at the, uh, at the S&P 500. Uh, Jim, we haven't gotten to some of the individual names. Um, is it fair to call Under Armour a blowout number? Yes, absolutely. And I think just as important about the blowout is, is that I remember when the Justice Department and the SEC, everyone was going after Kevin Plank. And I think it's important for people to know that a lot of people said, well, listen, including me, I made a statement saying they don't go after these people. I don't pick their names out of the phone book uh, and then did much more work than I, than I, I should have done beforehand. But it's so hard because it's so opaque. And I came back the next day and said, I think the guy's completely innocent. He was completely vindicated. There was no restatement. Uh, but the thing that's so interesting, David, is the stock should be stock should be up 10 percent. Instead, it's down. It was down. Yeah, it was a great quarter. You've been saying that a lot. It was a great quarter. Stock shouldn't be down. Well, that's because that's so what what's you, happening. What, <laughs> OK, what is that reflective of? I think it's is reflective that, that of that a, on is, we. I think it's a reflective of, of a very big run. I think it's reflective of consolidation. We have to rethink what's going to happen because we just, we're, we just feel like it has to be there's too much inflation and you can't have a market led by Alcoa and letter X. It doesn't work, David. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Well, because it's small. It's not big leadership. We're not a maker of you know, we're not like a Letter steel X. country. Yeah, I know. Letter X Cleveland cap is Cleveland actually you know, U.S. Steel's uh, up to six point seven billion. Oh, will you stop it? You're, no, I'm not you're kidding. Just, no, you're in that world of Godfather. Look at Nucor. U.S. Steel is up two hundred percent this year. If you'd bought it, you were extraordinarily it's not done. happy. But it is a tiny company. But the one to buy, Carl, the one to buy. I had them on last week, and I, I got to tell you, if you're really into the cyclicals, it's Cleveland Cliffs. Uh, Cleveland mm. Cliffs has bought a lot of. Remember, they bought the Arcelor uh, ArcelorMittal. Yes, they bought that, and uh, they also bought the AK Steel, and they've got a very low. Obviously, they're iron ore company. They've got the lowest cost. This stock should be much higher, and I think it's going to go much higher. It's not leader, Carl. It's not going to give us a leadership, but I do think that right. in this in this moment, it's right. And uh, we got to talk yes. Pfizer for a second. We do. Fi- okay. No, we don't. No, I was, was going to just add one more. and then Whatever we should you talk want. Purchases. I don't care. All right, well, I'm I mean, not wedded to Pfizer. Is it, do you still want to buy a lot of these commodity uh, plays? Freeport. I can't. Right? I FCX. Know. Have you looked at that stock? It's a, it's a triple from when. It's a triple. It's up 347%. Yeah, I know. It's very much like 2011. Freeport, McMoran. I, I, I know. Uh, 56, $57 billion market value. Well, because there's no other copper company. They claim that they're opening. This is what's supposed to happen, Carl. It's they're supposed to open more mines. I mean, when I had Caterpillar on the show, Jim Umblebee, yes. the strongest part of mm-hmm. their book of business is mining right now because everybody needs more copper. And, of course, the replacement in homes is plastic, but then plastic is all part of the Gulf problem with Superstorm Uri. Right. There's right. just – it's a – All right, get to Pfizer now. It's an Sorry, unhealthy I just wanted a, relationship. I wanted a quick detour. I wanted a quick detour to uh, to. Uh, well, I'm Freeport. just saying that Pfizer. I listened to Meg this morning. I read the release. I, you know, it's obviously they haven't had a, the call yet. That starts at right, ten o'clock. Right. This is the halcyon moment for Pfizer, and and it's going to be down. I'm sorry, Carl. I'm, at a certain point, I want to let, let this wash out. Let it wash out. Pfizer's doing incredibly well. It yields almost four percent. Everything's going right for them. And I'm not going to. I mean, I think people are selling Pfizer because the other people are selling Pfizer. 
Like, I'm selling Pfizer, David, because you're selling Pfizer. Well, I'm, I'm going to beat you out of Pfizer. Well, I think that's ridiculous. Pfizer is doing incredibly well, but I recognize it's going to go down. I understand that. And, and I say, OK, look, let them sell it, Carl. Let them sell it. Let it go down. Sure. Why do I have to stand there? Uh, and, it is, a, you know, it. Yep, it's a strange uh, price action response to at least the vaccine revenue guidance, which they take from 15 billion to 26 billion. And yet, as you point out, the shares are red. Jim, it kind of reminds me, you know, you're, you're talking about Freeport and Cleveland Cliffs. Um, it's a far cry from last summer where it was all about Clorox and some of the grocers. And I did notice that Goldman cut uh, both Albertsons and Kroger today. I think Kroger, they go to sell. Well, that was an incredible piece. If you want to read, by the way, I think Clorox is trying to bottom but If you want to read a devastating piece, you read that downgrade because what they're saying is, look, at this point in the cycle, you have to sell these stocks because historically, uh, when the margin pressure inflationary environment is negative for uh, grocers, uh, you got to go. Uh, and the CPI plus 4% for food, you get margin contraction, you got to go. And these stocks have a lot to fall. Uh, Kroger in particular has a lot to fall, if you believe that. Uh, and I, I, I tend to think that it's for real, that you don't want to be in that stock. There's a lot of food inflation. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with the selling there. I think that you take profits in Kroger and you take profits in Albertsons if you happen to have them, David. Yes. Uh, did want to hit Shag, uh, our friend Dan Rosen's wife. You have him on Mad Money. All the time. Yeah. I had him uh, on when it was at three. Right. Now it's uh, now it's 83. Yeah. Now it's 83. So it's added 80 points. Right. Not bad. But it came uh, down from it's also. I mean, we used to bring him on as sort of just to talk generally about technology. But now he's got a 12 billion dollar market cap company. There. Right. Uh, they reported numbers. They were they were they were strong. Uh, first quarter growth margin results <laughs> exceeded strong. consensus. They were strong. Yeah. First quarter. Did you tell people what it does? Uh, revenue was up 51 percent year over year. Digital textbooks and all sorts of other in things. In all colleges. Yes, and, all, and more, move more into curriculum. So many different things around right. college students. It saves uh, them a lot of money. to create their, their own ecosystem, so to speak. International growth, I'm reading a note here from Piper that was Sandler. The question encouraging the more than 33%. Um, international subscribers. Check overall subscribers up 64%, 4.77 million. And yet that quarter. stock. Although average revenue per user was down. That, that stock, stock was up three in pre-market. And it's and almost it's down. Kind of flat. All right. So what do you make of all this? I, it, we're in a profit taking mode. I've been saying I've kind of made that point. Maybe I, I want seven you to times. make it over and over again because I'm curious about it. Tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. You seem frustrated by it. And yet you keep saying <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about Carl. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, people are, are taking profits. It's not a terrible thing. It's what people do. They've got big profits. They're afraid they want to preserve them. I think we always want to put so we want to pin the tail on something. I'll pin the tail on the fact that yeah. there's some common sense happening. Things have gone up very, very much. And I think there's some people who say, I want to preserve. It's May. I mean, there is a reason why they did that sell in May stupid thing, because this has been historically right about now. People <laughs> say, look, I'm up huge. And it's the summer going to the summer for tech. Cyclically, there is there could be some cyclicality. I've got to tell you, I'm looking at a company like AMAT. You look at Chegg. Go look at Chegg. That doesn't bother me. Okay. Applied Materials yeah. is was they reported an amazing quarter. Okay. The stock spiked. Uh, to 140s, to the mid 140s, it's a 129. Do I want to buy applied materials at a certain point? Yes, I want to buy applied materials. Are we at that point now? No, it's 118 billion. I think you come down a little. Got it. What about Apple, which is down over two percent this morning? Apple um, had a great quarter and is now down but for the, the year um, about 2.2 percent. People feel the shortages are going to impact them. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that the shortages at a certain point are going to be well known. and Everybody's going to know about the shortages and then you buy. Um, I I do a lot of work on DuPont. My chapel trust owns it. it DuPont was one of the best quarters. But it didn't matter because they talked about prices. And the food, the food complex is up, David. I know you're going to say to me, Jim, didn't you say that it's all it's all temporary? I am saying that you can't. Didn't you say it was all temporary? Why are you such a wise guy today? I don't know. Am I being a wise guy? I think you're a bit of a wise guy. Really? Are you disciplining think, me now? No, no. You're, you have, you have, right. have, and you have every room? right to say that because I have now mentioned 10 different inflation points. Yes, you have. So it and is a little contrary. It's temporary. No, yes. you're right. You have me. You have me. Okay, good. You have me. All right. You got anything else to say about no, that? No, I'm done. Are you done? you have me. Okay. Carl, he has me. <laughs> well... Um, guys, I'm not sure how to follow up on that. Um, I, what haven't we gotten to, Jim? Uh, there's, I wanted to ask you about a report that Stiefel did earlier in the week. Uh, we see the S&P uh, flat to down, uh, 5 to 10, from May to October. Uh, seasonality is especially applicable at this moment. The lesson is, though, they say not to sell in May, but rather just a reminder to curb your enthusiasm. It kind of sounds like you're in that ballpark. Yes. I think there'll be a nice rally around Memorial Day. We have to wait till then. And uh, the ones that I want you to look at, uh, the ones that are having an amazing spring are companies like Lowe's and Home Depot uh, because the gardening season is here. Uh, the tractor sales are big. You, you can't get the appliances. There's no appliance. I mean, that, again, is the problem. Like, if you go buy a new house, David. Not even sure you can get the plants anymore. They're, they actually are very short plants. You have, yes. to get, you have to get there 6 a.m. at Lowe's. 6 a.m. is when you get the plants best. Right. I got there 1030. is late. Okay. Yeah. I was late with the plants. Uh, what was your point about tractors? Well, no, I'm saying that if you want to go buy a house, yes, that it's likely that they may not even have the appliances in it. Oh, the appliances. Sorry. Right. You, they may not have them in it. They'll have, Carl, they'll have dummy appliances. They don't have yeah. the appliances. I'm very helpful. Uh, that's, well, C- City today goes Home Depot 375, Jim, from 288. I think that's a street high. Yeah, I saw that. I I agree with that call. Uh, These these companies are doing amazing. But again, they're not going to work now. You have to let the sellers do whatever the heck their thing is. And then you come back to Home Depot because they are just crushing it. And this is remember, you got the stimulus. You've got habits that have changed. David, people's habits outside of New York have changed. Yes. Uh, Etsy, one of Etsy's biggest sellers. They're They're going out there. I mean, we're going out, too, but. They're, David, like I was in. I went to Tractor Supply the other day. It was like yeah. too crowded. Who would go in? It's right. so crowded. Right. Of course. Right. right. Nobody goes there anymore. No. It's too crowded. It's way too crowded. Yeah. But Tractor Supply sells a lot of tractors. Right. I got a deer tractor. You do? Yeah. For where? Which place? One of my places. One of them? The place I bought with Bitcoin. Oh, you, well, so that's the new place. Yeah. It needs a deer tractor. See, I believe the Bitcoin, Carl, could be worth something like land. I did not cash in my Bitcoin and then buy uh, non-fungible tokens. You get on top of that deer tractor yourself and mow the lawn? You bet I do. Really? Get to the tractor! I want, Let's actually get to the chopper. I, I, want a, uh, I want a picture of that when you're doing that next. I'll do that. Can you send that to me? They're so easy to use, David. You can't believe it. Okay. A tractor is very, it's very primitive. It's very medieval. Carl, he doesn't even believe that I'm a gentleman farmer. He doesn't. And well, I've well, seen think, the pictures of your tomatoes. I think David and, and yeah. maybe... I think David and, and I as well, uh, uh, Jim, are maybe disappointed that tomorrow Cinco de Mayo, and yet we've gotten no confirmation that Bar San Miguel is going to open its doors. Check your email. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'll do that. We, we are frantically trying to get. 
check. I think you probably don't. You're doing a show. You probably don't check the email. David's tweeting. He's writing things. He's emailing people. I see what you're doing. I watch you. Yes. 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 I'm in. I'm in jeopardy yeah, mode. Here. No. Here. No. Yes. That's the correct response. I can do this. All right. Let's move on. All right. Yeah. Back I to just the, shut yeah. down my you're computer. In control, oh. You're in control of the board, Carl. Take it away. <laughs> uh, give me uh, give me Nasdaq for 500. We're down about one percent. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Uh, good morning, guys. And I will show up for that margarita at Bar San Miguel as well. And Carl's right, folks. It's uh, the problem is tech stocks, uh, and it's been a problem since earnings season began. Let's just take a look at the sectors. Energy's holding up all right. Banks are holding up all right. But go a little further down, consumer discretionary a little weak, and look at semis and tech. And there's the, the, the problem. And this is not necessarily a new issue here. Let me just show you. And I've chosen April 26th. Uh, that was the week when we really got into the heart of earnings season and the big tech names started coming out. Uh, and there has been a pretty consistent decline in technology since the earnings came out that is not evident in other sectors. So I'm picked April 26th here, but energy's done all right. Financials have done all right. Industrials have done all right. A little weakness of consumer discretionary because there's some tech heavy components in there. But look at tech down three that's pretty consistent. And in fact, it's very consistent across subsectors of technology. Again, I'm picking April 26th is the day when a lot of this started happening when the earnings came out. Put up the next full screen and you'll see uh, right across the board, semiconductors have been weak. Uh, software sector subsector have been weak. Uh, there's Kathy Wood, uh, Arc Innovator, uh, down 8%, especially weak. Uh, cybersecurity down 4%. Uh, you can go down the list. Apple's down 5%, for example, since April 26th. So again, very very consistent decline of about 5% in the overall tech sector since earnings seasons uh, began in earnest. And I think that's the issue now, the valuation question. And this gets to the peak economy, peak earnings, peak everything story, and how much further can you push it that I think is really the main paradigm that the market's operating under right now. Meantime, over the weekend, we got April data, April trading data, and a lot of good information in here. I am very happy to tell you dividends are, are, are back. We had 33 companies announce dividend increases in the month of April. Obviously, they do this in conjunction uh, with their earnings. Zero announced dividend cuts. Remember last year at this time, it was a debacle. People were eliminating deep dividends. They were cutting dividends all over the place. Not a single company cut their dividend or removed it uh, in April this year as opposed to last year. 11 reinstated dividends, including Ross and TJ, uh, TJX, Freeport, SD Lauder, a whole bunch of companies reinstated dividends, and some of them were higher than they were before. Dividends now are estimated to be up close to 5% this year. That's important, folks. People forget about dividends over earnings, but er a lot of people care a lot about that, and that's a very important component in helping keep stocks up. Another important component is Money that's available to buy stocks, the flows. We got the data for the uh, flows into equities and ETFs in April. They were huge, $258 billion in inflows in equities so far this year. Large inflows into ESG, huge thematic tech ETFs and equity ETFs in general. Last year, it was all about bond ETFs. This year, it's all about equities. Here's something that's a little contradiction, Carl. April share volumes overall down 30%. Compared to March, I think what's going on here is a lot of people who were retail traders in January and February may have started putting money back into simple old plain vanilla ETFs and equity ETFs. Maybe the Reddit crowd's getting a little tamer these days. Carl, back to you. <laughs> Good call. Bob, thanks. Uh, we're seeing some interesting technical levels on yield sale. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. 
Yes, Carl, indeed we are. And one of the issues that made us focus on technicals this morning was this morning's trade deficit. If you look, this chart goes back to the very beginning of trade deficit numbers, January of 1992, and you won't find a bigger one than this morning's minus 74.4 billion. And consider that both imports and exports were up, up smartly. Imports were up over 6% to a record 274 billion. And you could probably guess, since it's minus 74 billion, what was the export number? Yes, it was 200 billion, the biggest in more than a year. Up almost 6.5%, actually more than that, 6.6%. So we can really see that the numbers are big, imports and exports, but our demand domestically and issues of supply chains obviously playing a bit of havoc with global trade. If you look at intraday, and Carl pointed to 160 level being that technical uh, area we've been discussing, look what happened when we started to dip below it. And do remember that yesterday's low yield was 157-ish, so we're basically right there. This is very important. We could see some extra buying come in here. Look at a two-week chart of Boone's. Minus 26 is considered their support. Remember, it was just, what, 30 hours ago, they were trading minus 16, the highest yields post-pandemic. Finally, the dollar index. Here's one week. And what's really interesting here is that last week, we touched a two-month low. And now we're one penny above it. But believe me, the dollar index isn't looking terrific as other currencies like the euro seem to be more in investors' eyes at the moment. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick. Thanks, uh, Rick Santelli. So some selling on this Tuesday. NASDAQ's down about uh, 1.5%. That's going to be the worst day since about March 24th. And the Dow down another 166. Don't go away. To start, we're going to have a hugely strong economy, mm. and it's probably going to go well into 2022 and maybe 2023 because of $7 trillion of spending, a lot of which ha- some has been spent, but a lot of has not been spent. Mm. And that doesn't include some of the new things they're speaking about. We also have to look at the consumers in great shape. So the consumers going back to work, the balance sheet's in great shape, home prices are up, their debt levels are low, completely different than the Great Recession. The pandemic's ending, thank God for the, you know, the vaccines and stuff like that. People are dying to get out and go back to work. You see it every single day. You are going to have a boom. And my reference to Goldilocks is more about that, that if we're lucky, it'll be a boom and inflation will go up not too much and rates go up not too much and everything will be fine. And I think there's a chance that'll happen, but I think, I think the Fed's going to get a swish. I think they're going to get inflation. That's Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan talking to Matt Murray of the Wall Street Journal this morning at the CEO Council. Jim, I guess it's a good thing the household balance sheets are in good shape because things will be more expensive, Jamie says. I think it's terrific. I refuse to make uh, this into a negative scenario, what's happening. I just can't. I know that the stock market is going down. I totally get that. Uh, It does happen periodically. But I just have to tell you, I am not going to make this very positive moment into a negative. I think you have to wait for the sellers to finish. Uh, they the sellers are everywhere right now, uh, but they do get done. And when they're done, you'll know it. But you don't have to be a hero. But I do think that there are a lot of good things happening. Mm-hmm. Let's Jim, let's get to stop trading. Well, I picked up one because of Jamie. 
uh, Bank of America. This is very typical of what I'm beginning to read. This is a bared note. It's a very rigorous note about how downgrading to neutral, improving outlook fully reflected in valuation. That's the term you have to start watching. Improving outlook fully reflected in valuation. I'm getting that for the semis. Now I'm getting it for the banks. This is a buy to hold on a great situation, Bank of America. And this is what you have to worry about is people just saying, you know what? All the boom is priced in. I don't think it is, but I cannot fight the tape, which is saying the boom is priced in. Let stocks come down and then do some buying. I do think, by the way, that there are some situations that are incredible that people just don't care about. I did a piece last night about outdoor uh, activity. A camping world reported one of the greatest numbers I've ever seen. Of course, that's Marcus mm. Lemonis. But again, people say, well, it's fully priced. I think that's nonsense, but I am going to let things no. come down and don't want people to be heroes. I know. I know. Well, a lot of us are listening to you, Jim. How about tonight? Well, I've got a Zebra, which is a very interesting name. It's uh, one of the great logistics companies. It's also one of the greatest performers of our lifetime, frankly. Anders has done great. And then look at this. Richard Kramer and relation. Goodyear. I've been waiting to book Goodyear forever. David, did you do the Cooper Tire, tire deal? No, but I think that um, some of our friends did. Yes, some of our friends And did. that is a fantastic situation for those who like inflation. Watch Tires. Watch oils. Jim, we'll see you. Uh, yeah, exactly. You. See you tonight. Uh, and tomorrow at night. Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> so we're closing in on a 1% loss on the S&P. Make it the worst day since March 18th. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.